There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm David Coulthard, and welcome to Formula for Success. Alongside me, as always, is the one and only Eddie Jordan. Ah, I'm going to have to get you to um, mimic that particular sound soon, David, because uh, it might be a time that I'm not actually able to be with you on the show. Well, <laughs> well of course, we, we, we don't want to imagine that day, EJ. No. But, well, you, you know, might have to you- do it on your own. No, well, that would be a pointless exercise, wouldn't it? But, you know, I always feel that you're sort of half man, half animal when you roar like that. Yeah, I'm just pure man, I'm sorry. You, you, you're like a crossbreed. You know, David, what's ridiculous is I feel so good at the moment and I feel so fit and uh, we're very, very fortunate. I think since I gave up all of that jet lag uh, type of travel, um, my body seems to be in a better shape. So uh, just be careful about what you're doing. And I know that you like to do all of those races, but I'm so pleased that you've cut it back to 17 uh, because I think the, the schedule going forward for what I've seen for next season, is just insane. I don't know how... 24, it's a lot. It's that is a, a lot, lot of races. That is a lot of travel. But uh, anyway, yeah, I totally... Totally concur that you're you're looking in great shape. I saw you oh. the other night um, at the Amber Rocks event, uh, your your charity, which raised a whopping four hundred sixty thousand. So congratulations yeah. to you and all of those who contributed. And of course, you had your new ambassador, Mark Weber, there as well. And indeed, Mark, um, he went to look at one of the homes and saw firsthand what each and every person had to do for themselves because it's a tough love situation. Um, by that, I mean, we will embrace them and look after them, and do, but they've got to do it themselves and they've got to fend for themselves. They've got to find a new way of life and a new understanding. And very often, um, in fact, about 85% of the people who come uh, into, the, into our grasp in the homes that we've got, um, after six months, uh, they have to leave. Uh, but generally speaking, 85% are in a much, much better space and 85% get jobs, which is amazing. And one of the great things, David, I must just say congratulations to all those people who put their hands up because there was a lot of business people there. uh, And when they heard the girls talking about the experiences and where they were um, and offered... Uh, a lot of the people from Amber uh, internships or opportunities, work experience and various things. And that is so vital to make sure that the next part of their transition into a new life is, is taken care of. So well done to them. And I don't think we're, we need to spend too much more time talking about it. Other than the fact that when we did the interview with Damon, he was also there. Um, we had no space in that particular studio, and um, I don't know how we did it. So even the guys here in front of me on doing the sound, well done for, for finding an opportunity because the people, the waiters, who were coming in and out of the actual venue, um, we managed to keep them quiet for that time. 
Yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed that uh, recording with Damon. Um, you know, all of these have have been, you know, enjoyable in in different ways. But I really feel that with Damon, we we sort of touched on a whole era, a, a, a transitional thing from his childhood of motor racing through to his period of, uh, as a world champion in Formula One. And I find it fascinating. I'm really hopeful that we can get Damon back on again at some point. Damon Hill has a lot to give, and I think he should come back. We'd love to have him back on the program because he's such a solid individual anyway. And um, just gold dust listening to him, and I think for young people who ever consider a life or a, a career in motorsport, no harm listening to Damon Hill because uh, he's seen every side of it. Yeah, incredible, incredible journey he's had in his career. Um, if we bring it to the journey we're having this season, what what has been interesting, there was a little bit of you know, unrest within the Red Bull team. I don't know if that was just the tabloid media doing their thing, whether it was other teams just trying to sort of create little chinks in their armour. And by that um, referencing, there was, you know, rumours of uh, Dr. Marco and Christian Horner not seeing eye to eye. How I perceive it from the outside, and obviously I've been very much on the inside of that team many, many years back, but if I perceive it from the outside, they have two very separate roles in the same way that I saw Nicky and Toto had their two separate roles. You know, Nicky was a sort of the older statesman, had been there, done that, and could be quite blunt in his uh, appraisal of of events and Toto more, let's say, diplomatic and and modern business-like. And I think that's kind of the way it is at Rebel Racing as well. How, How do you see that? I was a massive fan of Nicky for a very long time. He was brutal in terms of you, you go out in a night with him um, and you'd have the best fun of your t- life. Uh, but then the next day he, he could say and do anything um, that was in the best interest of the team. So he, he didn't pull any punches. He, he, he was a tough operator. Helmut Marko, he was so close uh, to Matisic and to Didi that obviously he has, uh, I suppose, in touch with the board, Livings and Salzburg, and so he speaks to them all the time. It probably is a bit difficult for um, uh, for Christian probably to get fully on, on touch. And when you see what Christian has achieved for that team over a long number of years, how can it be possible that his, his position is undermined? I, I, I'm not sure that is going to happen, and I think that he will grow. But the great thing about Christian is that he has got in his sights, he's got Adrian Newey. And while those two are together, I think they are the most formidable partnership of any time of motor racing. And I think one feeds off the other. They might not always see eye to eye. I'm sure like any good partnership, there's obviously ups and downs. But uh, I, I would warn Red Bull, leave the status quo as it is, because that is given us such unbelievable returns for their investment. Why would you change that now? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, well, uh, I've got to ask you about McLaren. They, they really seem a team under Andrea Stella. They, they just seem, you know, devoid of any uh, controversy. They've got two great young drivers who seem to get along with each other. Always difficult to be buddies when you're actual teammates, especially if you're fighting over podiums. But uh, that is a team on the move. I was very critical. I've been critical of McLaren in the past. I think people might think I have something um, 
criticism of Zach. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, if he makes some good things, then I will compliment him and I'll criticize him if he makes some bad things. I think whoever made the decision to leave Honda was an absolute fool's paradise. It was the worst decision they could have made. But they've come back from it. You're absolutely right. So full credit. They've changed the floor. They've changed some of the... And you have to give the drivers some credit for that. And I think what Oscar has done in that team, um, he, he's shown that the car must be really okay to drive because he's a rookie he's coming in. You couldn't expect him to know anything like uh, what Lando does or vice versa, but he's able to drive the wheels off that car. And I think that has probably upped um, Lando's mojo in terms of what he now wants to do because he doesn't want to be beaten by, by his young teammates. So there's a lot of things going for them. A lot of people didn't think they could ever aspire to come up and challenge the likes of uh, uh, Mercedes or Ferrari, but they certainly have. And the results are simply fantastic. A couple of DNFs probably has concerned them, but um, two great young drivers. David, I enjoy McLaren. I always want to see them. I was a big, big fan of theirs in, in the Ron Dennis era. And not many people could ever hope to stand in the same shoes as Ron in terms of his winning ability and his winning record. And you've been there, you know what the man is like. Um, so for this new group uh, of people, um, and Zach is still there and doing an amazing job, and the new sponsors they've got, well done, Zach, and well done the team for getting what they have. I didn't ever see that they would come back to this strength. And I'm loving the way, actually, Lando, he's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> All these younger guys are, actually. You know, I just remember being sort of, not uptight, but there wasn't really much opportunity for fun and games around the paddock. Uh, there was certainly opportunity for fun and games away from the paddock. But back when I was racing, it all seemed very sort of, you know, mentally tiring and, and all very focused. But these guys seem to make it look like, or in between having fun, they go and drive a Grand Prix car. It's quite impressive. Isn't that nice? Because I think Formula One was devoid of that. I think it was becoming far too serious. People, you know, they leave the motorhome and they uh, get into a, a almost a jog to get to the, the pit so no one can stop them for photographs or uh, autographs. And I think it's just become much more casual. Um, Actually, just on that, EJ, I, I, I watched an interview with Fernando Alonso who was talking about how when he retired the first time from Formula One, he went away for a couple of seasons, as you remember, he explained he was just burned out. He was tired. He was tired of everything outside of the car. And that when uh, he came back, he came back mentally recharged and refreshed. And he had a real appreciation of things like what it is to meet people in the paddock, what it is to do a driver parade, what it is to do all of the things that he was getting a bit short-tempered with in his first career. And that's just what you've referenced there. There was a period where the drivers, you know, they would sprint to the garage so they didn't have to engage with anybody. You know, Fernando came and he won those world championships uh, with Benetton and Flavio and stuff. And I think he he was bombarded, wasn't he? He was the first real Spaniard to come on the scene like that. And he was the darling of Formula Wood, the grid. Um, and I, I could see that he, he, he got just destroyed mentally. Um, but not many drivers have the confidence, the belief and the talent to believe they can walk away from a sport and then just automatically assume that there'll be a spot waiting for them when they come back. Because usually, David, 
anyone that I know, uh, apart from some out-and-out greats like Fernando, um, once they leave and they're gone and they're a year away, two years away, they soon get forgotten and no one believes that they're... One race away, you're forgotten (laughs) normally. (laughs) (laughs) They come back and they're every bit as good. I mean, really... He's defying logic, isn't he? He, he? At his age, what is it, 42 now, and he's going again. I think some of his performances this year have been fantastic. Mind you, some of his performances have been somewhat lethargic. Now, whether that's him, the car, or whatever, but I can't possibly believe it's him because if anyone gives 100%, it's him uh, at all times, and he never gives up. And what I like about him, his mental approach to things, and David, coming back to that situation, I think he was one of the drivers that I was alluding to. And Lewis is another that they are absolutely uh, can't move with people and autograph hunters. So you can see why it has affected them. And um, I must say, Lewis, he's been able to come to terms with it without having to retire for a couple of years. Yeah, no, Lewis's longevity is very impressive and his performance uh, in Mexico, again, sort of underlied uh, his his commitment and his enthusiasm when he's thanking the team uh, for a second place, you know, whoever would have thought he would have been satisfied with that. But it's it's all in the context of he can see the progress that team nah, is that's making. That's the thing. He can see there is a progression, there is a, a ladder and each and every time, he's on a higher level. We know he won a championship when everyone thought that he wasn't going to. He, he won a championship in, in Brazil all of those years ago. And, um, you know, I mean, it was controversial, I know, and various things. Timo Glock was involved, and we don't need to go through all that again. But uh, Well, I flew back with Timo from Mexico, actually. I flew via Frankfurt on my way back to Nice. And I was talking to, to Timo uh, about that that weekend. And of course, he knew nothing of what was unfolding. Uh, he had been on the radio to the team saying, I need to pit, um, you know, I can't stay out. And they said, look, you stay out one more lap and just check her flag. And then obviously he was overtaken. And, and it was only after the race that he realised what a controversy that had been created there. Yeah. And then we, we know, we've discussed it in a previous podcast, Felipe Massa is challenging whether the World Championship result can be overturned from 2008, which I yeah, think would be incredible with, if that uh, to, happens. So as the listeners can understand, it has nothing to do with, with, with the Brazil race. It actually has to do, of course, with the, the PK situation and, and, and the instructions he was giving about crashing and coming out of the pits. You know, he was leading the race. Felipe was leading the race, and suddenly he, he didn't finish by all sorts of different problems happening. Look, some drivers have never been able to accept that they've retired. You see, the decision, like, for example, with you, uh, is that you've taken up uh, various different other entrepreneurial things, whether it's uh, at Whisper, whether it's with this, that, and the other, and all sorts of promotions that you're doing within the races that you do. And I think that is very positive. I just wish Felipe could fill his mind with other things and not just keep dwelling on that particular incident because it's painful. Only the lawyers are going to make the money and it's going to really drag himself, his family into an area that I don't think they need to be in. Yeah, well, that's life experience teaches you to really pick your battles wisely. Otherwise, as I say, the the loss physically, mentally can be much more than whatever perceived gain. Um, That moves us on to the team he was driving for at that time, EJ, and I can see that you are showing your Ferrari allegiance with your nice red jumper on there. I think it's red. Maybe my eyes are are, are not as good. 
because it's the last one that I had. I was heading for the airport. But while you were away, um, you know I like my music and I like a little bit of rock and roll. And um, uh, I had an engagement with the great Michael Flatley of Riverdance and more recently Lord of the Dance. And Michael is an unbelievable Irish musician. And um, he and I agreed to play in Covent Garden with Luca. Um, but before I'd agreed to do that, I'd had a call from uh, your old Scottish buddy, uh, Rod Stewart, no less, uh, and he and a couple of others, Johnny Mack, etc. And we went to play in the Ned um, all together, um, all those lunatics from Scotland. I have to tell you, David, it's scary because they all sang Irish songs. The Galway Girl and the Wild Rover and everything. Christ, they were absolutely off their head. Um, so you would have fitted in really nicely there to that bunch. Um, and um, that Rod's new whiskey actually tasted particularly nice, I have to say. But anyway, we did play <laughs> and uh, everyone was asked to wear something red. I don't know why, but that's why it is. And so that's the red jumper. Fantastic. Well, EJ, we, we know well that uh, all of these uh, international celebrities, they, they're desperate to rub shoulders with you on stage. When I said to him, would he like to come on the podcast with you and me? He said, have you paid me for that uh, picture that you bought from him at some charity? And I said, I'm sure he has because he's very correct and very honourable. A hundred percent. I did pay for the picture and uh, I, I sent him, actually, I sent him a photograph of the picture hanging on my, my wall uh, not that long ago. So he was we well have, aware of that, EJ. <laughs> why don't we, we, we should, um, I should reach out to him or maybe you should reach out to him and get him on the show because Rod has such a passion, just like what you have for motorsport and I have for motorsport. He has a passion for Celtic, which is hard to believe. I mean, he, he was on stage with us and I, I, he, he had his Celtic scarf on, but um, uh, it was a great moment. I mean, to share a stage with somebody like him. And here's a little bit of trivia, guys. Um, the biggest ever gig played by a band was uh, in Coca Cabana Beach, and um, three and a half million people turned up to see a Rod Stewart live concert. And to this day, I don't ever see it being beaten. It's the biggest attendance ever at a rock gig. So well done, Rod Stewart. He's in fantastic shape for 79, my God. A, he's able to drink like you, DC. He's able to dance <laughs> like me, which is really like an octopus. And um, his voice is probably not as good as probably what it was, but he's still able to attract the crowd. It was an amazing gig and, and well done to him for doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's an unbelievable performer, great catalogue of songs and a man that really embraces life. And like, uh, like you, EJ, he recognises the importance of, of giving back. Uh, he, he does a, a great deal of work for yeah. various charities. Ah, I have another little bit of a, another little story that he told me. Are we ready to hear this? Because we were starting this song called Hot Legs. I'm sure you remember Hot Legs. And he said to me, ah... He said, EJ, I, I've, I've never told you this, but he said, what do you call your guy that used to be in motor racing, uh, James something or other? And I said, uh, James Hunt. And he said, do you remember James Hunt's girlfriend called Hottie? Hot Legs was written about Hottie. So there's a little bit of a story for you, which uh, I thought was worth relaying back to Formula for Success. They should, people, our listeners should hear more stories like that. <laughs> well, was it not, uh, did James Hunt not date, you know? Uh, uh, he dated everybody. 
I think between James Hunt and George Best, they, they pretty much went between the various Miss Worlds and... Ah, uh, um, no, George Best tells a story about dribbling past seven people and scoring a goal, and he goes on to talk about um, scoring in a different way. But I don't think our listeners need to hear that sort of story. But George Best, I think it would take something very special to knock him off the top perch. Well, let's, let's let our listeners, let our anchors, as we call them, uh, decide whether they want those sorts of stories or not. But um, keeping it with, with motorsport in mind and looking forward to, to future guests, you know, I really enjoyed the, the Damon one we did a little while ago. Uh, there's so many other guys that we've worked with that um, are very well known, very successful within motorsport. You know, Johnny Herbert, someone that you helped in his early career, overcame great difficulties with his uh, leg altering shunt at Brands Hatch. Uh, Martin Brundle, who not only was uh, one of your drivers, um, but also my manager for several years. We've got Adrian Newey, we've got Gary Anderson, we've got Fisichella, Irvine, Frenson, Barrichello. You know, there's there's so many people that we could have on the show. Is there anyone else that sort of comes to mind for you? Or should we throw it out to our anchors to, to write in and tell us who they'd like us to get on board? I don't want the guests to be of a similar kind of situation that they've all driven for Jordan or they have stories about you, David, or stories about me. And I, I think I would like at some stage, because he's been so involved with so many different things, whether rallying uh, with Peugeot and then going on to Ferrari, but I think I'd like to get Jean Todd on here. Um, and I think, you know, very controversial in lots of different ways. Um, and I know we've had Stefano Domenicali on here, so I'd like to have MBS. I'd like to have the president of the FIA on. Obviously, the president of the club is, is a huge job, and I'd like to see how he's been treated, how is he treating the rest of the, the you know, he's there guiding Liberty with various different projects, as you rightly say, 24 races next year, it's been unheard of. So something is going well for everybody. And we'd like to hear maybe um, MBS would be a good guy to have on board here. Yeah, well, let's see if we could get the president of the FIA on. And if our listeners have any other suggestions of who they would like to join us, then please do write in and tell us. Well, EJ, conscious of the fact that we're doing this remotely, I'm in Monaco, you're in London, um, and I think we should wrap it up so allow you to head off to the airport. If you don't mind telling us, where, where are you heading to? Are you coming back home? Well, one of the things that you came to, which I'm so grateful that, you know, with your schedule, that you came to the Amber Rocks in London, and I thought Rick Ashley, by the way, was amazing, and full marks to... Um, a previous podcaster of ours with Bertram Gasho, his daughter, I thought, sang amazing. Wow, her voice she, was incredible. Uh, incredible. And and to sing Sinead O'Connor, uh, and she did it amazing. Um, and so everybody who was there, it was a good fun night. Very often these charity things are sort of very obvious as to where they're going to go. But as it's a bit... Typical of a Jordan-type party. No one has a clue how it's going to start or end. And I thought Rick Astley, who was not feeling 100% on the night, the band and the backing singers and the tribute that he did for Tina Turner. And, um, you know, I think he touched a lot of people. And well done for everyone to do that. Anyway, that leads me into where am I going? I'm going to Lusaka. Uh, I'm going to join Marie because all the pictures that she's had recently at the uh, Saatchi Gallery and the money that she's made over the last number of years has gone into building four schools uh, in Kenya. And um, I'm going out to see uh, exactly what's happening. The kids, I understand, the students, I don't know whether Marie knows, but they're preparing a little concert for her. So uh, that's a big, big thrill. 
Well, EJ, well done you. Well done, Marie, on doing that. Safe travels. And uh, to our listeners, remember to follow Formula for Success on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on social media with the handle at F1 for Success. Well, EJ, I'm going to wrap it up and get on with uh, my day-to-day work here in Monte Carlo. You're going to be the rock star you are heading off to Africa. Till next time. Bye-bye. Formula for Success is brought to you in association with F1 Manager 2023, giving you unparalleled control of your chosen F1 team and a brand new mode that allows you to rewrite the season on your terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.